We all want to be happier, but how do we get there? First, we start by realizing happiness is not a destination. Being happy consists of micro action steps every single day. I'm your host, Brittany King, and I'm here to guide you along the way. Hello, and welcome back to the show. I'm your coach, Brittany King. I'm so glad you're here. If you've been following along, I usually only have two episodes a month, but this month you get a bonus one in honor of Love Month because I'm doing a whole episode about self-love. So a little story. I have been doing the self-love challenge. I've been sending out emails. I've been doing the whole thing. And I went live on Friday to do a self-love training. Now, I promised all the people that could not make the training at noon on Friday that I would have a replay for them. However, homegirl over here is a little bit technologically challenged at times. Not a big deal, but I didn't save the recording. I thought I did, but instead the only video that I have on my phone is a video of me laughing because the sprinklers went off and I got soaked and my sweet dog Benji, who just got a bath the night before, was covered in water and mud. (laughs) I mean, it was pretty funny. However, there was no self-love training within that video. So it's all kind of ironic how things have been unfolding lately. Uh, I would definitely describe myself as a bit of a uh, hot mess. And I mean that in the kindest way possible. However, things have just been kind of happening in a way that are less than desirable, I guess. I'm not exactly sure. It's just been kind of messy. And it's really amazing because this self-love practice that I have is I can say that without being hard on myself. And I allow myself a little bit of grace and I let go of my little perfectionist nagging voice in my head and I just surrender and let things be as they're meant to be. The word surrender has been the greatest gift and it allows me to just anchor in the moment and stay in control of what's actually going on instead of the spiral of like, oh my God, what could be. So it's been really nice to recognize that this self-love practice that I've been cultivating cultivating over the past five years is really, truly a part of who I am. Now, don't get me wrong. I heard the inner mean girl, inner critic, that biatch kind of nagging at me when I realized that I didn't save the video. I heard her instantly go, oh my gosh, I can't believe you didn't save the video. You are not cut out to do this. Who are you to think that you could do this training? Who is going to listen to you anyway? That was such a waste of time. Nagging, nagging, nagging. Now, I heard her and I was like, thanks, sis. I appreciate where you're coming from. However, this is my first rodeo. And second of all, it's fine. That's how I'm going to learn the next time because I know it's not going to be the last time I do an Instagram live and I need to save the video. I'm going to quadruple check that I saved it and I'm going to have a way better system than (laughs) what I was doing now. However, if I didn't have that experience on Friday, I definitely would not learn from it for the next time. And I really fully embrace making mistakes to learn because there's really no such thing as failure just feedback. So I did something and it didn't go great and I'm going to learn from it and apply it for next time. And that really puts me in an empowering place. 
So I wanted to share that story with you because that's why there's no replay. And also it really does work. Like this work works and I know that it works, but when I have moments like this is when I really get stoked because if it's possible for me to love myself and love the mistakes and the stupid shit that I do, I know it's possible for you too. So Since I don't have the replay, I'm just going to share with you my training because I think that there is value in it. And even if you've heard this stuff before, you might get something else out of it. So I just encourage you to stay open and be coachable, even though we're not really coaching right now, but still stay open. The biggest thing with this type of work is you've probably heard it before because it's very trendy. So it's really, really, really easy to be like, yeah, 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 Britt, I know. Tell me something I don't know. But something that I do know for sure is repetition is the master of all skill. So just because you've heard something once or twice doesn't necessarily mean that you're applying it consistently. So just ask yourself, how can I apply this more consistently? in my life. Cool? Cool. Okay. So one of the questions that came up about self-love was someone asked me why I was so passionate about it and my story with self-love. And I think it's important to share where I came from to where I am today because it I wasn't always like this and I definitely wasn't always willing to vocalize where I was at. I never like to share the dark sides of me because I was so worried what people would think because I had this need to be liked by everyone. So I figured if I just didn't talk about the bad stuff, people would like me. Anyway, that's not working out for me anymore. And the self-love practice has really allowed me to accept who I am and I am so grateful for it. So my story with self-love started about six years ago. Um, It wasn't like I woke up one day and was like, I'm going to love myself. Uh, No, that wasn't like it at all. It was actually a lot different than that. So probably when I was in my early 20s, I started to develop some really terrible self-sabotaging behavior. Now, I would imagine that I had this behavior when I was younger than that, but I wasn't aware until I was older that I was in that cycle. But I had found myself constantly sabotaging myself anytime that I was happy. And this looked like sabotaging my body with food choices, sabotaging my relationships, sabotaging just anything that made me happy I would sabotage. Like it just was this never ending cycle. And I didn't even realize that I was in it. I would make really poor choices on the reg uh, that included late night partying and drinking until the wee hours that also resulted in really poor decisions. I would wake up feeling very shameful of myself, but I would just blame the alcohol. And then, you know what? The next day, I would most likely do it again. But I was young and I was in college and that was what I was supposed to do, right? Anyway, this cycle went on for a very long time and it resulted in a lot of terrible choices that resulted in me feeling really terrible about myself. Now, instead of just dealing with it, I ignored it. I didn't know what to do with it, so I avoided. And the thing about avoidance is it doesn't actually go anywhere and it kept showing up in my life as more sabotage. How about that? 
And it was pretty clear that I didn't love myself, but I didn't know this at the time because when I was around people, I liked myself. I got a lot of validation from the people I spent time with and they were constantly feeding me compliments and telling me, you're so happy and you're so great and da 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 And I would like believe them when I was with them. But then when I would leave, I felt like a complete fraud and I was so afraid that people were going to find out who I really was. But The thing that I didn't realize is they actually saw who I really was. I didn't see who I was. I didn't like myself. I didn't love myself. I couldn't stand to be alone with myself. I was always doing something. No matter what was going on, I was like, who wants to hang out with me? What activity can I do? Should I go work out again? Like This was not healthy. Now, from the outside, I looked pretty healthy. I was teaching spin. I was smiling all the time. Like I was very, I got very good at putting on this happy face. But a lot of times when I was alone, it was like a house of cards. I would crumble and I was in a really low spot. And the ways that you could tell looking back was the behavior that I was doing, like the choices I was making. And I would always blame something else. Like I would never really take responsibility for the things that were going wrong in my life. And it was just this never ending cycle. Now I don't necessarily there wasn't like this ultimate rock bottom aha moment, but I do remember the day that I woke up and I said, oh my God, Brittany, you are going to be alone for the rest of your life if you continue to behave like this. And it was one of those moments where I remember it like it was yesterday. I was sitting up in my bed and I just started crying. I could cry right now thinking about it. I had dug myself into such a dark hole and I needed to find a way out. Now, the first step when you're digging yourself into a hole is to stop digging. So that's what I did. I knew there was a vicious cycle going on and I knew I had to break the pattern. I just didn't know how. I realized looking back is that moment of awareness is was the first step. I decided that I was going to stop all of the stupid stuff that I was doing and take a step back and focus inward. I got really into yoga. I was doing some more meditation um, and I really started to focus on myself. I realized that no one was going to love me if I didn't love myself first and I really needed to start there. So I accepted just being alone. And that was a really hard decision to make because I never wanted to be alone. I was so scared of what would happen if I was alone. And once I declared that, things started to change for me. And it didn't take long, which is the funny thing because I was expecting to like have these like years of self-discovery, but it was just the moment that I declared that it was like a flip went off for me. And I'm not saying that this is going to be the same for you if you're nodding your head and uh, you can relate to my story, but it was just like that of surrendering and being okay with who I was and really just starting to do the work on myself. Then fast forward a little bit and I started to pay more attention to how my body was feeling. So things were really starting to shift for me. I was in a really healthy relationship and I was starting to like 
like like myself, but I noticed some of those same tendencies and thoughts kind of creeping back in. And the relationship that I was in, which is now my husband, I really did not want to mess up. And I would have these terrible dreams of me doing something stupid and messing it up. And it was honestly terrifying. And I realized that was my subconscious being like, don't mess this up, Brittany. But like the pattern was still there. It was very, um, you know, habitual of what I was doing. Once I was happy, I would mess it up. So um, I ended up doing the whole 30 because I really, I was like, put on a couple of pounds from, you know, when you first start dating someone, um, there's a lot of, well, for me, at least there was a lot of eating and drinking out and it was so much fun. But also not the healthiest lifestyle. So I wanted to do a reset and I did a little reset and it was amazing. It was the whole 30 and that whole 30 was the catapult into what I'm doing today. It was the first time in my life that I realized the food on my plate was a reflection of how I actually felt about myself. And that was really powerful. So if you're not familiar with the whole 30, it's basically 30 days without any of the good stuff. So we're talking alcohol, sugar, cheese, anything processed. Like it's very bare minimum. It's only supposed to be 30 days. It's kind of like an elimination diet just to see what type of food kind of you have an intolerance to. Uh, I was kind of doing it just for the physical, to be honest. Like I was very much still focusing on the outside and it was great. I did lose weight, uh, but that wasn't the biggest change that I noticed. The Number one change was my sleep was incredible. Uh, Yeah, when you're not drinking every night, it's amazing what kind of sleep that you get. Uh, That was the first thing. The second thing was my skin was like glowing. And I had people commenting like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm drinking a lot of water and I'm not eating anything processed or drinking alcohol or cheese. Really all the things that make you break out. And the last thing were my thoughts about myself. I've never been so kind and gentle to myself after those 30 days. And that was my my first aha moment. It's like, whoa. Like I you always know, like common sense is in common practice, but once you start to really notice a shift, that's when it's like, I don't know if I could go back to that past self because I feel so good right now and I really value feeling good and I'm like, I can't believe all the choices that I was making in the past were making me feel terrible. So that was kind of the catapult into becoming a lifestyle and wellness coach. I really started to get curious for my own. Like I just was like, whoa, this is interesting. So I ended up taking a couple of uh, classes online and that really made me aware like, wow, I'm not the only person that is going through this. And the whole time that I was in that dark place, I really felt alone. And then I started to open up this world of holistic nutrition and I just realized I was like, I'm not alone and I need to help people that also feel this way because it's not impossible to feel happy and healthy like the majority of the time. It just requires making the one choice that's going to lead you to that place. Recently, I've been introduced to the illusion of choice, which has been such an eye-opening thought, which it's like, I it's so simple. Like, there's only one choice to make in a situation that's going to take you closer to the person that you want to be. So I realized that back then it's like, it's not about, you know, staying up or going out till four in the morning or, or, you know, getting sleeping until 11 a.m. It's like, what choice is going to make me feel better? Staying up till 4 a.m. or going home early and getting a good night's sleep. It's like, duh, the good night's sleep is going to make me feel better. And that's kind of where things snowballed into where I am today. I, um, 
have this strong belief that the foundation of self-love is what can anchor you through any hard and challenging time in life because there's always going to be ebbs and flows. And I know through my own ebbs and flows and ups and downs, peaks and valleys, that self-love practice has kept me so anchored and so strong. Don't get me wrong. I have my moments, but this practice literally takes my low lows that I used to have. And it's kind of just like a little bouncy ball. Like I bounce down there and then I come back up to center and I feel so good. And that's what life is about. It's just about feeling good and what you're doing no matter where you are in life. Uh, So that's a little bit about my story. And I want to share some of the best practices with that I've developed is self-love. And I want you to keep in mind that these just are my practices. I've done a lot of research. I've read a lot of books. I've taken some courses. And this is what works for me. So it might not work for you, but I would highly suggest at least trying them because you don't know if it will work or not. But it's worth at least trying. I always say you have everything to gain and nothing to lose. So the first best practice to really cultivate that deep self-love is developing some sort of meditation or mindfulness because it allows you to practice self-compassion. And the reason why I love meditation is because it gives you space between yourself and the thought. So when you have a negative thought come up, instead of attaching meaning that that's good or bad, it doesn't have to mean anything until you put meaning to it. So sometimes I have a thought come up and I'm like, whoa, where'd that come from? Like, is this going to help me or is this going to hurt me? And it kind of just takes a split second to decide. And if I choose that it's going to hurt me and I choose to cling on to it, that was my choice. So meditation often is misunderstood that you're supposed to turn off your brain. I know I used to think that way back in the day, but that it couldn't be further than the truth. Thoughts are actually a part of meditation. I started doing transcendental meditation in November, and that is when you meditate two times a day for 20 minutes. Um, You're given a mantra, and you just use the mantra as the vehicle to kind of get down to that subconscious level. And as thoughts come up, instead of resisting them, you let them come up, and it's almost like a little cleaning system, and it cleans the thoughts away. They bubble to the surface, and then you start the cycle over again. And that's been a, a game changer. Now that's kind of intense, you know, 40 minutes of meditation a day. I definitely didn't start there. I was doing five minutes in the morning using the app Headspace for about a year. And then I got into that. So, you know, ease into it, baby steps. So I would highly suggest just starting with three minutes a day, every single day, and then building from there because uh, I found that extremely helpful. So the next tip that I have for you is uh, get enough sleep. I used to be, I used to get like average four hours to five at the most hours of sleep a night. And I would say the mantra, I'll sleep when I'm dead, which I'm kicking myself in the butt for even thinking that because as I've gotten older and as I've learned in my nutrition school, sleep is one of the most important things that we can do for our body. It resets and restores our hormones and all of our systems, and it is so crucial to our well-being. So that is such a great starting place. That might mean going to bed five minutes earlier a night for a week until it builds up, but it is so important. Thank you for the reminder. I know. 
Um, and something included with that is I have a tech free zone two hours before bed and I put my phone in the kitchen. I don't use my phone as my alarm anymore because I was always so tempted to be on my phone before bed and first thing in the morning. So my phone is actually in the kitchen charging and I don't look at that thing until sometimes after I teach my 6 a.m. So sometimes until 7, I just leave it plugged in. Sometimes if I use it as a timer, I have to look at it, but I've become really mindful of using it as a tool instead of letting my phone use me as the tool. The next step or best practice is nourishing your body. This was my aha moment after doing the Whole30. It's like the food that's on your plate reflect how you feel about yourself. Now, I'm not saying you got to eat like veggies and lean meats and like whatever all the time, but like live with the 80-20 rule. Like you can, you know what is going to make you feel good. Eating whole unprocessed foods is the way to go. Simplify it. Don't have any added sugar. Sugar is a dragon. It's so addicting. It's terrible for you. But like you can get sugar from, you know, strawberries or blueberries, or you could treat yourself to a bunt teeny every once in a while, but just don't make it the norm. Of course, allow yourself to indulge 20% of the time because that all or nothing mentality is not sustainable in the first place. The next is nourish your mind. And that includes the books you read, the podcasts you listen to, the people that you hang out with, like what type of news shows do you watch? If you feel yourself in a negative state for most of the day, you should look at what you are ingesting and taking in. Like if you're a really worried and anxious person and you love true crime, you might want to like look at that true crime habit you have and maybe put a little bit of a boundary around it. Um, and not saying don't ever listen or watch it, but if it does make you anxious, maybe stop for a little bit and see how it makes you feel. The next self-love practice is move your body. Now, when I was in a place of a lot of self-hate, I was exercising three to four times a day, and that was not healthy. Uh, That was more of like a punishment for the donut or the pizza that I ate the night before. And moving your body should not be a punishment. It should be a celebration of what your body is capable of doing. And that was a really big mindset shift for me because I always treated working out like a punishment because I didn't really like working out, and it kind of felt like a punishment in the first place. So moving your body and treating it with kindness and respect and love. So moving your body could mean running, hiking, dancing, walking. It could be just doing a stretch in your living room. It doesn't have to be some organized class, um, which I'm all for organized classes. However, it can look so different to every single person. Bio-individuality is key. So find what feels good to you and just do that consistently. So the next self- love practice that I have found extremely helpful is the practice of daily journaling. And this can look different in so many ways. And I know I personally was really not necessarily against journaling, but I told myself I didn't like doing it because when I was younger, I would always buy a journal and I would probably write in the first few pages and I'd lose interest. And then as I got older, I thought that I had to have amazing, perfect handwriting. And I have a little bit of chicken scratch, so I didn't like the way that it looked. Or I I also had to spell everything correctly or be grammatically correct. But the truth is nobody is going to read it other than 
yourself. And once I got over that belief, it kind of shifted things for me. It's just a nice way to get thoughts out, especially when it's a negative thought and it kind of takes away its power. Because once I see like a negative statement written down on a piece of paper, I can very easily rebuttal it with something positive and reframe it and then also insert a positive affirmation. And that's a little bonus self-love practice are affirmations. Now, affirmations, when you say it, they feel kind of fluffy, but they really, 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 really work. Now, it's not like you can say one time, I am enough, or I am strong, or what I'm confident, uh, but it's the repetition of the affirmation that is key. So it's really helpful to say the I am statement over and over and over as many times as you need to, to rewire a new belief. Now, if that doesn't feel concrete enough, something else that I have found extremely helpful is the ability to reframe negative thoughts. So that's the next best self-love practice is question and reframe negative thoughts. A lot of times when we have a negative thought, it's very easy to attach meaning to it. Like, oh, that's bad. I don't want to go there. But instead, that negative thought might just be trying to tell you something. Some practice that I really love is giving that inner critic, that voice in your head a name. I like to personify her and I like to kind of take a step back and ask myself if this was a friend talking to me like this, would I actually be friends with that person? Chances are absolutely not. Could you imagine having someone follow you around all the time, hang out with you all the time, nagging you and telling you all the things that you're not good at? That would be exhausting and you would definitely not be friends with that person. So being able to notice those negative thoughts by personifying where the voice is coming from can be extremely helpful when it comes to self-love. So a lot of times those thoughts, that negative inner critic is just trying to protect you from some sort of perceived danger. However, getting a work email is not the same type of danger as being attacked by a bear or falling off a cliff. However, our mind senses the same sort of danger and sends that signal to our body and downward spiral we go. So when you have a negative thought, it's very helpful to catch it and take a moment to question it. I like to ask myself, where is this coming from? What's it trying to tell me? How else can I view this? Do I know that it's 100% true? And how can I reframe this to something more positive? So if I'm telling myself over and over again, I'm so stressed out, I can take that thought and be like, what's this trying to tell me? It's like, oh, maybe I just have a little bit too much on my plate and I need to start saying no to some things. Or maybe I need to reframe this stress story into something more positive because I wasn't getting stimulated in my past job and now I am taking on way more because I know that I am up for the challenge. So when you're able to reframe, it allows you to be positioned in a more positive way. And when you're in a positive place or even a neutral place, you are able to decide very clearly what the next best step is. So that is 
reframing and questioning negative thoughts uh, slash inner critic. The next best self-love practice is letting go of comparison. That is a nasty game of compare and despair. Now more than ever, it's very easy to see what other people are doing. Uh, Definitely keeping up with the Joneses in our social media era. And social media can be used as a fantastic tool. The problem is most of the time we are being used as the tool and it is taking our attention and looking at our spending and viewing habits and then turning the algorithm against us and putting more stimulus in our face to show us all the things that we are not and the things that we want to be and we should buy, click, like, all that junk. And it definitely can take away your joy and it definitely can kind of make you feel a little less than especially if you are in a low place in your life. Chances are if you're scrolling through the gram or any sort of social media platform, you're either bored or you want a distraction or you want something that's mind-numbing because you've had a long day. And you can convince yourself no matter what that, oh, this is just my way of decompressing. But take a second to step back and ask yourself, have you ever felt better when you've gone through a social media like mindless scroll for 20 minutes? Like, has there ever been a time where you're like, oh, that was awesome. I can't wait to do that again. No, chances are you felt a little bit worse. You might have seen something that triggered you to feel less than. You might have bought something because it was in your face because the algorithm got you. Like there are so many things working against you. And I'm not saying shun off social media. It's definitely all about creating a positive relationship with it. However, in the terms of comparison, it might be helpful to unfollow or just hide certain people that make you feel that way. They're not doing that on purpose. They're just sharing their life. They're sharing their highlights with you. But if you choose to look into their life and ask yourself, like go to that place of, oh, should I be doing this? Or should I be married by now? Like it's going to be a constant rat race. You're always going to chase the carrot and the grass isn't always greener. You're just looking at a little square glimpse into someone's life, but you're not seeing the actual mess on the right left of that square. If you notice yourself constantly getting triggered by a certain person or thing, especially on social media, just use it as an opportunity to take a step back and ask yourself, what about this is triggering me to feel less than? Maybe it's just trying to shed some light in a certain area that you're not fulfilled that you want to work on. And then it's not a bad thing. If it like gets your buns in gear to do something, like if you keep comparing yourself to someone who is constantly working out or you admire the way that their body looks, yeah, it's very easy to compare yourself and go into a negative place and start picking apart everything that's wrong with you. Or you can look at that person and be like, damn, what's she doing? I want to get in on that. That's inspiring. So you have an opportunity to turn comparison into something more positive or neutral. So then you can take action, but you can't take action from a negative place. You really can't. All that does is allow you to go into a negative spiral. And it's just because you might be unhappy in your own skin and it might be worth looking at what is the next best step that you can take towards feeling good and loving yourself. 
to let go of that nasty comparison game and stop living a life full of shoulds. The next self-love best practice, one of my favorites, is stop people pleasing. I know personally for me, I had this, I mean, insane need to be liked by everyone. So that resulted in me saying yes to everything. And that would also result in me saying no to myself. Every single time I say yes to someone else, I'm saying no to me. And I really just wanted to do it all because I wanted every single person to like me. The problem was I didn't like me. So how could I expect people to actually like the real authentic me? Because at the end of the day, I didn't even know who that person was. I was adapting way too much to the people around me that honestly, I got to a certain point in my life where I didn't really know who I was. So the moment that I stopped saying yes to everyone else and started saying yes to myself is when I really started to get to know myself. And the best part about that was I really started to love myself. The more I've gotten to know myself, the more I really truly love me and not in a weird, vain, selfish way. Really, it's just I've began to accept who I am and really embrace all that I am, all of the imperfections, um, all that I was and all that I'm becoming. And that's a really cool place to be because really at the end of the day, self-love is self-acceptance. So the last best I keep doing that. Best blah, blah, blah. The last self-love best practice. There we go, sis. Uh, that is really incorporated in everything that I do is attitude of gratitude. Uh, that practice of gratitude has been such a game changer for me and my well-being and my health and my happiness. Anytime I notice myself coming from a place of lack, I'm easily able to switch that to a place of abundance through the practice of gratitude and not just saying, oh, I'm thankful for my life. I get into the nitty gritty and I get very detailed about the things that I appreciate because the more that I show gratitude for, the more I see the abundance of goodness that surrounds me in my everyday life from the small things to the big things. And it is truly an anchor back into the present moment, especially when I'm feeling a little bit lost or I'm feeling um, overwhelmed. I use gratitude to anchor me. And then in that clear mindset, I'm able to choose what's the next best step that I can take to kind of quiet down the overwhelm that is going on in my mind. So there you have it. That is my mini self-love training. I hope that you enjoyed it. There was a couple questions that were asked on my Instagram live that I thought was also worth sharing. I had one person ask, you know, what can you do uh, with self-love when you make a big mistake and how do you handle that or how do you talk to yourself? And I think that's a great question because we do make mistakes and it's important to acknowledge that you're a human and mistakes are a part of life. So the first step is to forgive yourself. 
The next step is to own it. Take responsibility. When you take responsibility for your life, that is when you are going to start making lasting change. You have to own it. After you own it, just apologize. Say you're sorry and really truly mean it. And then don't make the mistake again. Now, if you make the mistake again, you might have to look at the pattern and there might be a couple of self-sabotaging behaviors that are going on if you keep making the same mistake, because that is the definition of insanity. If you keep doing the same thing over and over again, and you're expecting a different result, you might want to look at that pattern. So that was a really great question, but the biggest thing is just be kind to yourself. You're a human being. We make mistakes. That's exactly how we learn. I have made a ton of mistakes and I no longer am ashamed of those mistakes. I have truly used them all as life changing lessons that have shaped me into the human that I am today. So I am incredibly grateful for those moments. And some of those moments were my darkest times. And I wouldn't change a single one of those mistakes because again, it has shaped me in to who I am and I'm constantly growing. Like I still got a lot of work to do, but I know that those mistakes have really truly allowed me to step into who I meant to be. Another question that I had were some of my favorite resources for self-love. My favorite book is The Gift of Imperfections by Brene Brown. Uh, That is a really quick read, a lot of actionable steps that you can take towards developing a self-love practice. Another one is Spirit Junkie by Gabrielle Bernstein, all about radical self-love. Mastering Your Inner Mean Girl by Melissa Ambrosini dives really deep into that inner critic. And the fairy godmother of self-love, Lewis Hayes, has the book, Love Yourself, Heal Your Life. So I'll make sure that's all in the show notes. If you want to take this practice a little bit deeper, I just launched my very first course, Go Love Yourself mini course. It's an hour-long quick jump start into this practice. So it really takes these topics and it dives a little bit deeper. There's a workbook that goes along with it, practices that you can use every single day, and it starts to help develop making this a daily practice because it just takes time. Anything that is going to have you feeling good in the long term is going to take patience, it's going to take consistency, and it's going to take a little flexibility. It's not always going to be perfect, and nor do you want it to be perfect. You know, life is messy and this process is messy, but you can enjoy yourself along the way. So you are the first to hear about this self-love course, and because you are a lovely listener of mine, I'm going to offer you 15 percent off when you use the code be kind letter b k-i-n-d 15 percent off you have until the end of the month about a week and a half to purchase it with that discount code it goes back to its normal price march 1st so jump on that offer while it's there And I guess the last thing I will leave you with is an action step that you can take today towards loving yourself because they're all about that action. And let's see. So the action step that I am going to leave you with today is writing down 10 things that you love about yourself. 
and it can be whatever you want, but I want that list to continue to grow as you develop this practice. You have to remember that self-love is not selfish. It's not vain. It's not about being more deserving than someone else. It's completely the opposite. I'm so passionate about it because I really, really believe that the way you take care of the world is taking care of yourself first. I know from experience that you can't pour from an empty cup. It's impossible. You can try and it might just have a little drop come out, but I know that anytime I've been completely depleted and I try to help other people, I'm giving it like 10% because there's nothing left of me to give. My energy is completely zapped because I've been doing so much and not focusing on myself. You are the most important person in your life and it is so incredibly important to start acting like it. Okay. On the same page. All right. That's it. So until next time, love yourself. Own your happiness and let your light shine because you, my friend, you are so worthy of it. Until next time.